Greetings, everyone, and welcome to the 46th edition of Cinema Effect. I'm Zach, and I'm joined by Disney's number one hater, Jaden. G'day. And the new and improved Fitzy, a.k.a. Liam. Hey. Hello. Can you, like, say, yeah, can you, like, say a sentence just so people can, <clears throat> for one minute, appreciate this? Yeah, any, I don't know. Yeah, go for it. Um, you, want, you can be John Cena, or? My name is John Cena. I'm a professional wrestler, and, um, yes. yeah. Yeah. And world famous actor. World famous actor, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Amazing, amazing. You sound just like him. Yeah, I know. I got the accent down and everything. The Doctor of Thugonomics would be proud of you, for sure, for sure. All right. For the uninitiated, this is Sarah. Oh, I actually didn't, like, Fitzy, he's got a new mic. He sounds great. I, I, oh, yeah. <laughs> I just moved on. Yeah, yeah, that, that's what I was talking about, everyone. Anyway, for the uninitiated, this is Cinema Effect, the podcast where we review and talk about a different movie every single Monday. You can find us on YouTube, Spotify, and anywhere else where audio podcasts are found. So subscribe, check us out, much appreciated. And thank you for participating in our Instagram stories poll. We will announce the winner of that at the end of the episode for next week's film. But I mean, like, you know, you can just, I'm sure you probably already know by just looking at the Instagram maybe, but whatever. Thank you very much for participating. We appreciate that. We'll keep that up every month and it'll be fun. But as always, we'd love you to submit your questions, thoughts, reviews, anything for next week's film in the YouTube comment section. We always read those out. But our specific question of the show, as always, is what's your opinion on reality shows and reality TV? Let us know. This is a controversial, divisive, interesting subject to chat about. So let us know what you think and we'll read your responses at the end of next week's episode. This week, we're reviewing Malcolm and Marie, which released on Netflix on February 5th, 2021. We're very fresh on on this film right here. It was directed by Sam Levinson. It has a genre of romantic drama, and the synopsis reads, a director and his girlfriend's relationship is tested after they return home from his movie premiere and await critics' responses. So, Sam is, is he most known for Euphoria? Is that a fair comment? Mm-hmm. Okay, cool, cool. That's what, that's where I, my understanding of him came from, but very good. So, Jaden, you haven't seen Euphoria, I don't believe, right? No. Not that it's overly relevant, but I think, you know, interesting things could be said maybe, I don't know, but what do you think of Malcolm and Marie? I mean, it's a... 40-minute movie that's been stretched out for another hour. Um, there's some good moment that's buried under a lot of pretentious garbage. Um, looks oh, yeah. great. Okay. And uh, the actors are pretty good. But, um, yeah, I, th- I, th- I think there's, there's some serious problems. Cool. Fitzy? Um, yeah. I, th- I think I mainly agree. I think, um, um, I think it's entertaining enough in terms of just... Uh, the acting and the arguments and stuff, but it doesn't really have much to it. I mean, it's kind of empty, like not much really emotionally registered or anything. And I mean, it was kind of clear Sam was talking about himself through the, you know, through Washington's character, through Malcolm at times. And um, yeah, I don't know. It was just kind of a bit of a mess, but um, I mean, the good parts about the acting and, Black and white was pretty good, so yeah. Guys, I'm absolutely shocked that I like this movie the most, and 
I like this movie a lot, and I like it way more than I could have ever predicted, knowing just because I knew what this movie was going into it, and I'm I'm shocked genuinely by how much I liked it. I was entertained almost the entire time. I thought the two actors were phenomenal and absolutely carried the movie, obviously, because, you know, it, they are the movie. Uh, I thought the script was great. I thought they elevate already great dialogue to a ridiculous degree. And I don't know. that I, I thought it was quite an impactful film, to be honest, by the end of it. And um, I, I definitely understand where it could become divisive for some people, and I acknowledge that. But I don't know. I, I thought the movie had a lot of life. Um, a lot of energy, and it totally exceeded my expectations. So I was very pleased, very pleasantly surprised jumping into this one. So where where should we start? I mean, so this is a a trivia for anyone who hasn't seen the film, right? This is very important to understand. So this was one of the first films to be written, directed, and completed during the COVID-19 pandemic in the United States. And the film stars... You've got Zendaya, you've got John David Washington, and the film is essentially, it's them having an hour and 45 minute long argument in their home, or in, not even their home, in this place they're staying in uh, in Malibu. And that's the entire movie. It's in black and white. Um, so just from that already, I think it's easy for uh, anyone listening to draw conclusions about what they might feel about the film if they'd be engaged by it in any way, but... Yeah, I, I don't know, man. I, I thought, I thought it was super entertaining, and these two characters going back and forth, and the way in which it is essentially just this big long argument. And in a sense, I understand how that can become exhausting, and even I was exhausted at points for sure by it. Um, but at the end of the day, though, the way in which the argument continuously evolves, and you continue to sort of peel back as the audience the layers of the history between these two characters. I thought it was, I thought it was really gripping and their stories and the the dynamics and every single time I thought, Holy shit, this person's clearly right. And then, Oh wait, no, now it's swapped again and again and again. And this kept swapping of like, who's obviously in the right or, you know, in quotes, obviously in the right until the end when I was just like, wow, okay, well that was wild. So yeah, no, that was, yeah, yeah, that's how, that's my general thoughts. But how do what are some of the the positives? I I really liked the style of the film in black and white and the and the opening credits, um, feeling super authentic to I guess films of the forties or twenties. Or I don't even know. Jan can speak to that, but I assume you enjoy that a lot as well, Jaden. And yeah, the way it's shot generally, yeah, yeah. I think um, like the majority of my positives for the film do come from you know, the aesthetic side. I think, I think, I think that the house that they chose to shoot in is, is great. Um, I think the way that it's shot is really, is really brilliant. The way that it's, cause there's always, a, there's always a distance between them during the fights. And it's a really great distance. Cause it's never like, it's a really heated moment. Like it's not like, sorry, it's, it's heated, but like, there's not, they're not in each other's faces when they're fighting. They're, 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 they're apart, you know, I, I really enjoy the way that, that, like that happens, but like, you know, in, in, in you know, like that's the extent of the positives. Other than acting, I think the acting's really great. But, you know, like for me personally, okay. I think that's kind of like the extent. Sure. Yeah. What extent? What percentage? If you can narrow it down like that at all, were you entertained? Were the performances, which I think you know, are the first forty minutes, impressive? I was the first forty minutes, I was down for it. And I was like, 
this is good. I can get behind it. Don't like the arguments. Okay. I feel like they're a bit stupid, but for the first 40 minutes, I was like, all right, it's pretty good. And then it just kept on going because then they, they, they get, they get better. And then they'll, they'll bring something up again and they start fighting again. I just, it's just such a stupid thing, you know, get mad, move on. That's how I, that's how I like to, you know, go about it anyway, you know, get mad, move on. And the fact that they, that, that these keep on bringing it up, building and building and building after these moments of, you know, release or, or where it's meant to be better, it just pissed me off, you know, it just, it just annoyed me to no end. And by the time it pushed, you know, an hour and 20 and then beyond i was i was just so bored of it yeah no i get it i get it there's no yeah i i i understand it's it's frustrating dude i i think that's hard to deny watching these two people just go in circles effectively um in terms of uh, in circles in terms of who has the momentum and just in in terms of watching the argument calm down come back calm down heat up so on and so forth i agree with you there i guess just what kept me in was learning about them as we go, you know, because you walk in and uh, the only thing I knew about the characters prior was, of course, uh, Malcolm being the film director. And I felt like every argument, while, yes, I understand, oh, shit, this is exhausting, we're doing this again. It, uh, after every single one, when it started to de-escalate, I felt like I learned more about the characters every time, if that makes sense. I One of the earliest reveals is the fact that Marie takes the stance that the film is based on her and you learn a bit about her past um, and her substance abuse issues, etc. And I was like, oh, shit, okay. You have my attention. And that just never really let up in terms of then learning about John David Washington's counter to, you know, all the other relationships he's had and, you know, he felt that she was wrong about certain things. And I don't know. It just It just kept going and going. and. I was I was there for it, but yeah, I think that's really all this is going to come down to. Really, is just how frustrated were you or not, and how did it affect the overall entertainment experience? Because it's really, yeah, it's really funny like that. I can see a lot of people, probably most people, honestly, not liking this movie. Well, I I, I kind of thought that every time Washington tried to make a rebuttal, it, it just felt like he was making excuses. I mean, it did feel like the story did come from. Marie, so I never really believed in Malcolm's side of the story or anything, and um, I mean, yeah, there's just a lot of problems with the script and dialogue for me. I feel like the arguments are really repetitive, and I mean, we learn a bit about the characters' past. We don't learn why they're together or why they even love each other. Like, I think a good counter to this would be like Marriage Story, where there are these arguments and these problems, but we actually see through character actions and through sacrifices, you know, that these people do care for each other to some extent and why they care for each other. But here it just seems like arguments that are kind of repetitive and obviously like kind of one-sided and and doesn't really, you know, it doesn't really show the other side of the relationship, you know. And... uh I felt like the dialogue was really bad at times as well. I mean, the amount of times they repeated their their names to each other was just insane. Like, that was just a really funny thing, funny part oh. of the movie to me. But yeah, <laughs> that's actually a funny random observation. Um, did you watch it with subtitles on? Um, for a bit, yeah. I, I I noticed that too, but I particularly noticed that the name wasn't appearing as much in subtitles. So it's like that was that, or every time they add their name was like ad libbed. 
it sort of looked like that to me anyway. That's what I noticed that. It was pretty funny. Don't know what the hell that means, but there you go. I think another issue with the fact that there are so many arguments is just that they they talk in circles and then by the end of the film when you kind of want a result for it, the, you know, we're, we're showing nothing. We're showing the two of them together, standing together, you know, looking over the horizon. But, like, that shows us nothing, you know. It, it doesn't mm-hmm. reward the viewer with anything, you know, happening after this hour and 56 minutes of just, you know, tumultuous discussion. I I strongly disagree. Uh, I do think... Uh, I, uh, I, I get it, but I think the ending is quite powerful. And what I took away from it was after the the depths of constant conflict and arguing and history that we get into between these two characters and the conversations that they have forever, um, that last little conversation they have in the bedroom before they finally retire for the night and then, they, yeah, they wake up the next morning. But it comes full circle where the argument ends up sort of becoming what it was at the start which I, in that sense, I understand. Like it sort of feels like, well, geez, what was the point of that? But because at the end of the day, it all comes back around to uh, the fact that Marie just wanted to be thanked in the in the speech, which was how it started in the first place. Marie just tells Malcolm, "Can you just say thank you?" or something to that effect, right? She says, "Like, can you just appreciate me, please? That's all I want." And I thought there was really something special about that you know in the fact that in terms of condensing how complicated all relationships are no matter of their what kind they are um how complex they are the history that goes back between people of of everyone on planet earth right how at the end of the day resolving the issues between us can just be about being grateful and that's really what i took away from it it's just like dude we've just gone for an hour and 40 minutes on this and it's a struggle and, you know, it in some ways represents so many relationships on, on planet earth. But all I want is for you to be grateful and that's it. That's literally it, please. And he accepts that they go quietly and that's it. And that's the final note I sort of took away from the movie is that no matter the history and and conflicts you have with anyone in your life, just be grateful for them. You know, that's what I took away from it anyway. I, I, I think since it is the the end of that whole never ending argument, I think that is the poignant sort of climax to it. Yeah, I liked it a lot. But the thing, like the 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 argument doesn't start with that. The fact, like like she 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 later mentions, you know, it's because you didn't thank me, does isn't it? Like 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 the sort, and that's what and that's what annoyed me because like every time they start a new argument, it's like it's there's a new reason, and I get like you know that that's just how that's just how they're unraveling it, and you know whatever. But like I mean, like you know, there's there's only uh, it, it's I the uh, it, I guess it's just personal to me. It's just it just annoyed me how they interacted it, to, to to no end. It just annoyed me like the way yeah. that like they like you know if that if that's the reason why she was so upset, why she withhold that information until it got to the third bout, you know, reveal that straight away and then try and resolve that, you know, and that that's I think that, that's a problem for 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 me. I agree with that especially when you're thinking about traditional movie structure um, but and traditional just film storytelling. But do, would you do you think there's a sense of authenticity in that? I mean, I, I haven't had a 
12 fight with a with a girlfriend before so i mean i can't really talk to the authenticity of it well neither <laughs> neither have i but that's the sense that's the sense i was getting from it and i feel like it was drawing inspiration in that way you know i i did i did really feel like that because you know i'm fortunate enough to have not really experienced that firsthand myself but and, and you know i'm not when i say authentic i don't mean in terms of like oh yeah i've i've, I've lived that you know i don't mean it in that way but there is a sense of dynamics between characters and in storytelling when you can just feel something maybe it is just personal connection but you can feel something is comes from a real place you know from a place that people can relate to in some way well i think the movie did come from a real place i don't think it came from a real place of a relationship i feel like i feel like what levinson really wants to talk about the film is is you know is, is, is film criticism and you know like you know that whole side of it and i feel like he just threw the relationship in as like a you know, as a way to progress the story, you know, because after everything, it always, it always draws back to, you know, JDW's, uh, you know, movie that he just put out, whatever. It's like that, like, you know, even if there's, I, I don't know, I don't feel like if there is authenticity to the relationship, I still feel like it's second, you know, it, it, it's, it's on the second rung compared to, you know, and that's why I, I didn't really feel, I, I, cause it, it, what am I trying to say here? Sorry. Um, it didn't feel authentic to me because it felt like it was always second place to to the movie, which felt like the to 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 John David Washington's movie, which felt like the main. Mm. You, you know, yeah, the relationship stuff in the film felt like super manipulative to me at times. Like, I mean, I kind of felt the opposite of what you did, Zach. I kind of felt that like Marie's whole thing about I don't know how she has a bad past or she feel like she can't be loved is just kind of a trope that Sam's throwing in there to kind of add more, add a layer of depth to the relationship there, which isn't actually like there in the, it it doesn't feel authentic to me at least. It feels right. like he's just kind of throwing that in there to try and like make it feel authentic, but he kind of uses the same thing in Euphoria, but I feel like it's done better there. It worked for me, but do you think oh, your comparison to Marriage Story is really interesting earlier? I wanted to dive into that, but do you think that a sense of that can come from, in terms of throwing in story elements that don't feel fleshed out, or you're not seeing enough of the other perspective, or a or any other sort of facet to the argument? Do you think that just does come from the limitations of what the film is in terms of being this? The premise of the movie is this argument, you know, set in this room, obviously due to COVID sort of thing, you know, like the the one setting. Do you think that does place a limitation on the filmmaker in that way? Or do you think if the script was better written, it could have yeah. communicated what you were after either way? Mm, no, I think the problem is with the script. Um, I don't know. I just, like, one of my main problems with it was the whole time I was just thinking, I was just thinking that, like, I mean, Malcolm is clearly in the wrong in, like, most of the situations, and he really had, like, narcissistic narcissistic reasons for not, you know, giving Marie thanks or putting her, giving her a part in the movie and stuff like that. It always felt like he was just making excuses, and so the arguments didn't really have a two-sided nature to them. Um, And then Marie's side... I just didn't care like that much about. I didn't, I didn't feel like the effort was put in the script 
uh, for for the audience to care about that. But but yeah, the main problem is with just the kind of one dimensional aspect of Malcolm just being like a narcissist and not really having anything like emotionally or any character depth to depth to offer. I guess. Sure. Sure. Okay. That's one of your major issues. We, we, the script has come up a lot. Um, I do think the dialogue's awesome. But what about what else about the script do you think lacks? We've already sort of alluded to Sam Levinson and some issues you guys have in that way. Do you care to expand on that? I don't know. It's just I just feel like the argument is super repetitive, and it just, it just doesn't go anywhere or or do anything. I guess. Yeah. And they, uh, yeah, that, that, that's kind of where I lay with it because I, I think it could have been a great forty-minute short project, but the fact that they, they 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 recycled the same thing just over and over and over and over of you don't really do this and that and that it's you know he always talks oh it's about the film it's about the film it's about the film you know it it, it just got tired very quickly, and I think that's one of the main problem with the script for me it's just that it, it it is just cyclical in that in that in terms of that you know. But also more than that, I just feel like some of the ideas that he's trying to, you know, some of the stuff he's, that's, that Levinson's talking about, just about, you know, the way that critics talk these days and stuff, you know. I mean, criticism's subjective, so people are free to talk how they want, obviously. But, um, you know, like, it's, I, I don't know. Yeah, I think there's a lot of issues there. So, diving into that, what, what did you guys take away from? Because that is a significant aspect to the argument itself, and also has, it sort of has its own... I guess if you want to try and break the film up into acts, it, I feel like the second act in particular is sort of the part that's like full film criticism and Malcolm's rant about the review that's posted. How do you, yeah, how do you guys feel about the way Sam tackles this subject in the movie? I mean, it feels like like there are direct, like seeing the direct parallels between, um, you know, Sam's own life and, and Malcolm is kind of ma- makes it seem like it's just Sam speaking from Malcolm and it doesn't really... It doesn't feel like an issue he cares about. It just feels like something that Sam personally was like affected by and now he wants to put it into his movie. And, you know, putting like a, like that speech from Malcolm is like so long. It just gets tiring. It's like, it's probably like, you know, a full five pages or something. He's just ranting and it, it doesn't, it doesn't, you don't think of it as like authentic because like, it doesn't feel like he cares about the subject. He just really cares about himself, really. <laughs> like, right, right. So, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like, he's not coming out from a place of, like, he's really passionate about films or film criticism. It's about his own ego, you know? Yeah, and what does that, in some way, reflect Sam's experiences? You you mentioned that, has he had experience with this in the past? In what way? I'm unaware of any of this. Yeah, he's, um like, he, he was talking about the the woman from the LA Times or something, and he actually did get a bad review from a woman at the LA Times, and, like, talking about identity yeah. and how you can't, you know, use other, you know, uh, genders or races to reflect your own, you know, whatever he was saying. Like, someone said that about him and using female characters in Assassination Nation or something, or his other film. But, like... Yeah, they were just like direct parallels, and yeah, it's, it's pretty clear that he's talking about himself. Do you feel similarly, Jaden? Is that anything? Did you take special note of that aspect of the movie too? Or um, I mean, essence of it. Like, I don't know enough about Levinson to to to, to, to draw. Like, I don't know about it. he actually got that bad review, like from the LA Times, specifically, like you know. But mm. there's there's definitely essences of like that stuff coming through. Right. Right. Um. 
I'm baffled by this. I just I disagree. Like again, I don't know. I I love Malcolm's rant on the review, you know, and learning that about Sam, you know, I was unaware of that, and I think that obviously makes it very clear it comes from a personal place. Obviously, that's really funny, but dude, I just think I was engaged by John David Washington's performance the whole time. I thought he has hilarious lines in it, like when he like shits on the reviewer for not understanding film and saying like um in the review she mentioned she mentions like oh and he used like a, a dolly shot and, and he's like it's a friggin wide shot or what it might have been the other way around or whatever and he's like shitting on her for not understanding what lens is which and stuff i thought that stuff was hilarious but um i actually totally take the opposite away from that aspect of the movie um and this is me only again lacking the the personal context of sam only taking away what i heard and watched in the movie itself is that Malcolm goes on his rant against film criticism and, and, and in, you know, that entire aspect of the movie we've just talked about, but, and that clearly I, I tend to agree. It sounds a lot like the Sam sort of venting in that, in that, through that character, but it's Marie's dialogue after he calms down from that, that speaks to me there. And because that's the aspect where he's ranted for five minutes. Um, He's calmed down. He's gone and like, I think he's lying in her lap at that point and they're sitting in the living room and he, she basically at that point is able to calm him down and say things to the effect of, you know, who gives a shit what these people have to say? Don't worry about it. You do you. And that was obviously the ultimate paraphrasing. That would be terrible dialogue, but that was the sentiment of the message that she was giving to him in that moment, in that scene. And in that way, I feel like, if I want to apply this, I wasn't, of course, thinking of this in the moment, but if I want to apply this then to Sam himself, I feel like it's basically Sam learning from perhaps his past experience with the reviews. And in, in that way, I mean, if he did it in the, in the moment, take issue with the, the review he got from the LA Times, he's, it's sort of actually a reflection of how he's gotten over it um, and how he doesn't care about reviews and critics anymore. That's what I would, that's what I took away from the scene for Malcolm. And then if I want, you know, that's me sort of, applying that to Sam, uh, which does make sense considering the parallel there. Mm. Wait, so what are you saying she said? She said that after he ranted? Get over it. She said, she said get over it, yeah, effectively, yeah. And and he, he did in the moment. He, he calmed down. Yeah, but he's not, there's no indication that he's over it. I mean, especially, I don't know, I, I'm even without knowing that in that scene, like, I'm saying now with the context of Sam that, why I think that scene isn't great, but I think even just watching that, like it doesn't, I don't know, it, it doesn't feel like it's about anything other than, other than you know, Malcolm being hurt by a review and then just being angry about it. And I, I don't exactly know what Murray said afterwards, but it doesn't feel like Malcolm learns anything or you know comes to accept anything. I mean, maybe he stops talking, but I'm sure he argues about it later again. Okay, okay. I mean, I think he doesn't. I think that that's what I that's did, that is what I took away from it is that I think you sort of, for, for me, from my interpretation of the, of the scene, you captured the first two thirds of it, and then I my addition of the third is the resolution to it. That's what I took away from it. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, even if it isn't, it doesn't feel like he's learned anything or like that he's you know taken in anything. No, they don't show that. You're right. 
You're right. I mean, I would argue that that's not really necessary and that through Marie's counter and his response to it in the moment is enough, but I understand. You know, they definitely don't explicitly show such development. Did either of you guys find this movie funny? Because I found it very funny. Yeah, those moments that were funny. Yeah. When he's going on about Lego. Lego, the Lego stuff was really funny. Mm. Um, I loved Fuck Malibu. I loved um, the Mac and Cheese stuff. Yes. I don't know, man. I, yeah. This stuff really landed for me. For a second. Later in, like, later in the film, does he, like, like start just coughing, like, for a bit, right? Yeah, he does. Yeah, Yeah, that's right. For a second, I thought Marie poisoned him earlier with the mac and cheese. (laughs) I was like, oh, I was like, oh, shit, where'd this come from? And then I was like, and then I was like, thinking back, and I was like, there was a shot of her pouring something, and I was like, did she poison him? But I was like, oh, no. That's so funny, dude. I'd give it five stars if that were the ending. Yeah, if 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 Malcolm had just dropped it, you know that 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 um that'd be something else. That'd be awesome. That'd be awesome. I feel like we've already done a really good job of getting to the heart of our differing perspectives here. To be honest. Yeah, I reckon too. So you you mentioned earlier you thought that like um, you know, both characters were right in some ways, but I kind of felt that you know Malcolm was obviously always like in the wrong and. I don't know, where did you feel Malcolm was in the right in some of the arguments? I think that Marie did come across as sort of... Oh, to be fair, to be clear, I, before I even get into this, I agree with you. I think Malcolm's more in the wrong than not. But um, I think Marie did come across as somewhat egotistical at points. Um, and I thought some of Malcolm's points were valid in regards to, you know, the, the stem of... Her early contention was that she felt the movie was based on her. And I felt uh, what we eventually learn about Malcolm and what he's been through and plenty of relationships he's been in and how they all different and how they're all tragic in their own different ways. I thought that pretty effectively communicated to me that the movie wasn't based on her and that she was wrong about that and that she was sort of self-centered in assuming that. Um, really? Because in, in the yeah. scene where Malcolm actually says that or lists off the you know, the people, like, John David Washington is visibly giving, like, you know, expressions of, you know, excuses, like, on his face. Like, he initially mentions just, mentions, like, his cousin or whatever, because he can't think of anything. And then later he just kind of adds, you know, random little, like, people he's met in his past and stuff. To me, it really doesn't feel like it's, it's, he's taking anything from his past. He's just putting, you know, Marie in the, in the, in the movie, really. And even oh, okay. even earlier yeah. in the film, like we know this because he saw he you know we see him acting guilty when like in small moments, but then he comes back and argues later that it's not the case. But like we know he's guilty because we've seen we've seen him you know basically make that con that confession with his like, expressions earlier in the in the film. Sorry, sorry. What do you mean by that? What what expressions? Like earlier, like when Marie's like done arguing and they're like yeah i think it's when they after they eat the mac and cheese and he's like actually apologizing maybe he does apologize i can actually remember but he basically apologizes to her or he's like silent and it's like in that moment we know that he did rip off you know he did take the story directly from marie Um, or it could just be um, him trying to de-escalate the situation not carry on which is something that I really don't, touches yeah, on later. And say that he doesn't know how to de-escalate, but maybe that was what he was trying to do from the start. Oh, interesting. Interesting. I think it's all just he, he says, she says, and, you know, it's, it's up to yeah. you. Right? Well, that's, you want to, like, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Well, 
because you're drawing from facial expressions, but I didn't post, I didn't personally pick that up. I, I was much more with. I didn't pick like, that up. Um, I mean, I think he, each one I think, flipped perspective on who. Was. I can't really remember, but I think he actually there was a moment where he did like actually apologize and admit it. But I don't think he admits it. He he apologizes to her eating the mac and cheese, but he doesn't admit it. And I think after he reveals that information, I think it was rather earnest in the way he told it. I, I, I didn't see any moments of a lie, and it felt like it was genuine in what he was revealing about what he took from where. And I think it's, uh-huh. yeah, I think it's naive of her to think that he based his entire film upon one person. You know, I mean, you know, it's, it's it, you know, it's entirely possible, obviously, but you know, I think after him providing the examples that he did, and then she later again yeah. says, "Oh, you didn't think you didn't thank me," because then people would say it was all my story. You know, the fact that she didn't pick up, you know, the fact that she didn't take on what he said earlier. You know, I think um. Yeah, I, I think in that. I mean, moment, was... he he takes little moments, uh, pretty much like little moments from the film, from other things he's got from relationships. But the, like the base story, what that he's is from the, the base story is about a druggie. Every third, every third person's a druggie in LA. I mean, like you know, like yeah. But from the examples, to the point he makes. from the examples he's given, and like the exact like the parallels between Marie's life and the the character in the film, I think it's pretty clear. I mean, I never, I don't, yeah, I never felt that he was like genuinely given another, another influence other than Murray. It always felt to me like he was making excuses, and I did, I did think he apologized earlier, and he made a confession of guilt like when he apologized. So, yeah, I'd have to rewatch the scene. I definitely do not recall a confession of guilt. He apologized for sure. Yeah, I guess it just how it depends how you in, in, interpret the apology. Uh, the uh... Yeah, that that scene, I guess. I can't believe you're actually um, talking about rewatching it. Jesus Christ! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess that's what you'd have to do to truly understand it. Yeah, yeah, it requires four viewings before you can really, really grasp what he's saying. Exactly, mm. exactly. Yeah, but I mean, I, but another core aspect, regardless of the interpretation of that scene, it just sounds like you didn't really believe him, Fitzy, which is fair enough. I get it. Yeah. Well, I get it. No, I never believed him. Yeah. Yeah. Because he, he, well, he always had. He was always, he always felt like he was making excuses. I mean, that's what he was doing. So yeah, didn't really have a reason to believe him. Well, I didn't, I didn't say this so much as making excuses. It's just that Marie would always start it up, and that's and then he had to rebut, and that's why it always. Uh, that I feel like that's why you might say it as excuse because he was always on the back of it because you know he was the one that was copying it at first, and then he had to. Yeah, yeah I'm with Jane on that one. Yeah. Oh, I, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I believed him for those aspects. But like, it, it, it's, it's like you said before, I think he's in the wrong because I think like some of the stuff he does is pretty, you know, dumb and oh, really, like, sure. you know, that's unquestionable. Mm. But like, um, yeah. Mm. I still think that he's he's quite right in some moments. Yeah. But I mean, this is actually, this past five minute conversation is another aspect I like about the movie or it's not really another aspect, more just feeds into the aspects I've mentioned already. It's just the fact that lending some credence to authenticity, this feels like a real complex situation between two people. And as in any real situation, if you know people can, uh, you know, that are, I guess, in conflict at the moment or are arguing or have differences with each other and, you know, people tend to take sides, you know, and that's exactly what we're doing right now. I think it's actually pretty sort of an interesting social uh, exercise, if you will. Yeah. Levinson's commentating about society, you know, that's, a, that's, that's <laughs> what it's really about. Putting Todd Phillips to shame. Yeah. Like, like, regardless of, because like, you see this is elevated in the film, and like, you know, I, I guess you know that that is possible. Like, to to me, it's just that I think the the, the film falters in so many other areas that I can't that this does nothing for me. Although I do agree with you that 
I think if I was in the right mind space, I'd agree with you regarding this film. But like, I because I'm because oh, yeah. I'm on like the you know the opposite of it. I, I, I you know. Yeah, yeah. Well, have we done? Uh, are there any major grievances you have that you we haven't touched on yet, Jaden? It's it's weird. I, I I think um I don't know really how to phrase because like I I think I think as a writer and a creator you should be able to write whatever story you want. So I have no issue with Levinson writing a black character. I think that's fine. And I know people, you know, disagree with that. You know, if they think only black people should write black characters or what, you know, whatever. But like, you know, for me as a creative type, I think you should be able to do whatever you want. But I think my issue comes from the fact that when 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 Malcolm's talking about the, the, the when Malcolm's criticizing, you know, the reviewers, so much of it does come from a race perspective, which Levinson doesn't have. So like that 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 hmm. part kind of rubbed me the wrong way, you know. Oh right, yeah, interesting, interesting. I guess, yeah, yeah, no, I, I see. I mean, I guess I'd need to know more about his filmmaking process. Maybe he had conversations with other people, with friends, with even John David. I don't know. But I guess I'd need a bit of a peek behind the curtain there. But in terms of you're not wrong, like he is the he is the writer of this film. So mm. I don't know where else you point the blame, yeah. I, I, I can't even decide for myself if it's a minor or a major problem for me. But, like, you know, it's 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 an issue I did take and then that, that was. Yeah, you're right. I mean, other we talked about the visuals. I really appreciate. I felt like the movie was shot in a way that, despite the limitations of the set they were on, like the camera always felt quite, always positioned in a way. I'm not, you know, I'm no cinematographer. I wish I had better ways to articulate, you know, the ways in which things are shot, and that's something I really want to improve. But it always, it always felt like the camera wasn't limited by the space they were in. Shots always felt dynamic and interesting, and. They always felt like they were able to pull off what they could, if that makes any sense, given the not only the limitations in the, just the fact they're shooting in this this house, um, which felt like a really real set, by the way, but also the fact that given, you know, COVID stuff, that they have to be careful of who's on set at what time, skeleton crew, presumably, social distancing, etc. I think it's quite a feat, honestly, to pull off. Obviously, it is a small-scale film, so it's not like they shot like Mission Impossible with this, but... I think it's still something to be commended. I thought it was cool. Hmm. I mean, like, like, like Levinson did start production of this during the pandemic, right? It's, it's not like he did, like they, they were forced to downsize on the stuff. So, oh no, no, yeah, no, hundred percent. It wasn't a surprise, but it's also still quite an yeah. interesting production predicament. Apart from the, you know, the details he mentions in the bathroom scene or whatever, is like, is there anything else that like makes you? feel like Malcolm is actually like a character or has a different, you know, perspective than, or has, makes you believe in his perspective, I guess. Like what made you believe in Malcolm as a, as a character, I guess. I don't know. That's kind of a vague question, but. It is. It is. I felt his passion for, for his film. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. I get it. Yeah. That's the first thing that came to mind, I guess. And I, and of course he goes back to the bathtub saying, I believe him there. Yeah. Right, okay. Yeah, I don't know. It, I think it always comes back to, with the film making, film criticism, or like whatever it is, it always feels like it's just all about Malcolm's ego, not about passion or creation or anything really. So it constantly doesn't make me believe it's him as an actual, as an actual character. It just makes me think of him more as, you know, a, uh, a stand-in for Sam himself and him kind of venting but adding this extra relationship element which he doesn't really um flesh out in the script 
Right, right. I mean, I guess that oh, I don't, I didn't get that from it, but I mean, I guess that can still be very much applicable to my earlier argument about, you know, Marie sort of bringing him around on the whole criticism thing. I think the fact he's a stand in is still a valid criticism. I can see that regardless of the outcome of the scene, you know, because no one wants to, you know, uh, uh, I obviously, like I've mentioned a hundred times, I didn't get it from it, but no one wants to watch a movie where it's so obvious that the writer is just talking to you through the screen, you know, through the dialogue. That's what it came across as so often though. Right, right, yeah. Well, that's a super valid criticism if you felt that way. For sure, that's no good. Yeah, I mean, it made me not think of Malcolm as a character, I guess. Along yeah. with the fact that it, it's, it always comes back to himself and nothing about anything else, even, you know, passion or anything, just his own his own status, his own esteem. I think I'm good. I've got some trivia about, you know, Malcolm being called Malcolm because of all the connections to the Washington family, but, like, I don't think that's particularly mind-blowing. <laughs> <laughs> Not much trivia for this one. Five pieces. Yeah. Yeah, that was literally it. Neat. Final verdicts on Malcolm and Marie. Jaden. Uh, four. Uh, yeah, four. I'm just going to stick with the gut. You know, it, it's just I got so, like, like, despite what we discussed and, you know, how interesting it may have seen throughout discussion, I just got so bored way too quickly into it. Like I said, had he lopped off 40 minutes and just made this short project, I think it could have been rather good. But it, it's just far too dull to actually, you know, enjoy. Fitzy? Um, I, I give it five. Um, yeah, the main problem is it just doesn't seem genuine to me the relationship aspect or anything like that um but i feel like i've shit on it a lot i think it is like well made still and i was i was entertained to see where it goes but then like seeing that it didn't really go anywhere or disappointed but i was still engaged to see where it goes so yeah i give five out of ten yeah Cool, cool. I love, I love and hate when this happens. In terms of, I love when we disagree and have long conversations about why. But then it always sort of feels a little, you know, it's never going to happen. And so, obviously, it's the nature of talking about films, which is also awesome about it. But it feels like when we end just end up at a stalemate of subjective interpretation of what we took away from things, it's just sort of you can't you can't go anywhere from there. So it's sort of frustrating, but also fun. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's why, yeah, I'm giving the movie an eight. I thought it was great. I'm shocked. I like it so much. But it's also a film that, to both of your points, I will never recommend this movie to anyone. I, I cannot with any certainty <laughs> tell a family member, a friend, whatever, oh, yeah, dude, you're going to like Malcolm and Marie because, I don't know, I think majority of people probably won't like this movie. Um, so it's not one that is particularly like a standout in that way. Go check it. Go check this one out. But I was surprised how much I liked it. That is my main takeaway, yeah. All right, let's get into a stacked news chat. First of all, we've got The Last of Us HBO television casting confirmed just a few days ago, guys. So we got Last of Us, those who don't know, hit video game franchise. I'm very lucky to be talking to fellow Last of Us fans, which is awesome. But in the role of the two leads, Joel will be played by Pedro Pascal and Ellie will be played by Bella Ramsey, who you may know as the lady, or, I don't know, uh, Leanna Mormont. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, shit. Yeah. I got it right. <laughs> I'm so proud of myself. From Game of Thrones, the little northern old girl who's great that everyone likes. Uh, 
that's who we got for Joel and Ellie. I'm just going to, I'm going to throw it out there. How do we feel about this? I quite like the casting of Bella Ramsey. I think she was a good choice. I, I, she never crossed my mind when we were first talking about it, but I think that, I think that she can play it well, especially comparing her attitude in like of the character she played in Game of Thrones to Ellie. I think that could fit quite well, but okay. Pedro Pascal, I'm not as excited as about, not because I doubt his abilities as an actor or anything like that, but because, you know, Joel to me has always been very all American, you know, you know, in, in his, in his hey kiddo, you know, in, in the way he acts and stuff. And like, I'm sure Pedro Pascal can pull that off easily because he, you know, he, he's, he's a great actor, but like, that's, um, yeah, it's, I'm a little bit disappointed in his casting, so. Yeah, no, I, yeah, I sort of feel a bit similarly. Um, I, I'm not, this casting news doesn't particularly excite me at all. I I hesitate to say I'm disappointed just because I don't know what casting news would have got me excited, you know. It's just it's just casting news, whatever. Like I'm not I'm not into it, but I'm gonna watch the show and I'll probably end up liking it, you know. So it's just like at this point in time, like trying to picture these two in those characters' roles is just impossible for me and just leads to me sort of going, Oh no, you know, but I mean pe- when I see it on screen. Like Pedro Pascal is just going to play the Mandalorian. Like that, that's all it is. You know, it's just a, he's playing the same character pretty much, you know, the reluctant care, you know, care. Um, oh, sure. Sure. Yeah. I, I mean, in that sense, yeah. I, I feel like the Mandalorian went a big way in influencing the decision there, but I'm um, like, yeah. It might've, it might've. Yeah. I saw a funny YouTube comment. Uh, that was something to the effect of Pedro Pascal is taking on a lot of single dad roles lately. <laughs> He does the same in Wonder Woman. Yeah, it's really. Funny. Oh, does he? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Fitzy. What do you think about it? What's going on? Uh, oh, it does. It does seem weird now that you know. I've thought about it. it. Feels a bit like the Tom Holland Uncharted thing. Yeah, where, it does actually. Like, it's cool. It doesn't seem. He doesn't feel as like as sturdy as a char- as a character as those characters are. Kind of tough characters, but yeah, I don't know. I'm sure he'll do a good job. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I'm sure he'll do a good job. It's just, it's another situation where I've just got to try and, and it goes for all of us, just try and, I guess, in some way get over or adjust the perspective of Joel we have. Because, I mean, you know, I'm not excited for this show whatsoever, but like, I, it's not a, a book thing. You know, it's not like reading a book and then watching the movie. Like, I have spent, like, upwards of 30 hours with Joel as a character, you know what I mean? And watching him and his facial intricacies and his line delivery, like in the graphics that look lifelike, you know what I mean? And then like trying to replicate that with an already world famous actor, it's just going to, it's going to, it feels jarring, you know, it just, mm. it, it just does. And it's, it is the Tom Holland thing. hundred percent fits you. I agree with you. I wouldn't mind if Pedro Pascal is just there and then Nolan North dubs over. Nolan North is the, the, the voice of Joel, right? No, Troy Baker. Troy Baker? Oh, shit. Who's Nolan yeah. North? He's, he's Drake. Oh. You're, you're on the right track. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah, regardless. Nolan... I'd love yeah. Troy Baker to dub the lines then. That'd be great. No, it wouldn't. That'd be terrible. <laughs> <laughs> but hey, it's... Yeah, like I said, I'm going to watch this for sure, and I hope I like it, and it's probably, knowing me, going to end up being in a circus situation where I'm like, I don't know about this, and then, oh, I love it now. You know, I hope that turns out to be true. Uh, next up, we got, I don't know how you guys are going to react to this, but we got Disney shutting down Blue Sky Studios. This is the animation house responsible 
they were owned previously by Fox and, you know, Disney acquired Fox. Disney has now just shut it down, this uh, animated studio. We know them for their works on Ice Age, Rio, beloved franchise Rio, and, of course, near and dear to our hearts, it's in a reflect robots. See you need to it. See you need to it. Did I just hear a tear shed on your end, Fitzy? I'm pretty sure I did. Yeah. Well, I don't know. Didn't know this. Didn't know yeah, this. Yeah. yeah, so this is this is happening. They're done. I mean, it's like fairly big news, I guess, in entertainment. What was the last thing that Blue Sky put out? It was Spies in Disguise. Oh, wasn't that Tom Holland as well? Yep. Yeah. Studio killer. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. Are you suggesting that Tom Holland is oversaturated? I wasn't, but the fact that you say it now, like, it, he, yeah, very much is. Yeah. Oh, yeah, he's in Chaos Walking, too, because I was thinking he's in oh, Cherry. He's in everything now. You yeah. know, yeah, Uncharted, Spider-Man. Okay, Devil. I'm like, already, that's a lot. You know. Onward, Devil all the time. Fucking hell. Yeah. It's everywhere. God damn it, Tom. Just piss off with you. <laughs> <sighs> he's really good, though, so I can't really complain yet mm. until he fails me. He's probably going to fail me as my mate, isn't he? That's, that's what it's going to be. And you're going to get Mark Wahlberg in his sully, and that's what's going to really oh, drive the dagger into the heart. Oh, I'm trying, yeah. What's wrong with Mark Wahlberg? Mark Wahlberg's great. It's just such a weird sully Wait, choice. Wait, he's going to be sully? Oh, that's so bad. <laughs> I don't I've had this conversation before. Yeah, but it's, but it's so true, though. Like, it resonates that's so That's actually hard. so bad. Oh, my God. <laughs> it's, like, not Mark it's like the furthest thing from Mark Wahlberg, dude. Yeah. It's like Mark Wahlberg. Dude, if they said Mark Wahlberg was the villain, I'd be like, that's awesome. But then why is he Sully? Like, get someone, get an old dude as Sully and get Mark Wahlberg as the villain. That'd be fun. I'd like that. That'd be cool. Yeah. Like, I don't I don't have a lot of experience with Uncharted, but isn't Sully like Nathan Drake's mate? Yeah. And like, I, like I've, I've seen very limited gameplay, but like, Sully has always struck me as like a little bit of a joker, isn't he? Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, he's, yeah. he's a charismatic dude. Yeah, yeah, for really? sure. Uh, I, personally, to me, I feel like Warburg could feel that. I guess I just don't have the, the, the same. I, I, I haven't, you know, had the same amount of time with him, I guess. But, you know, from the show no, but that's, that I have, Warburg seems like yeah. quite well. Uh, no, that makes sense on paper. But it's just like, I don't know, just like watching Sully for so long, I'd never get a Mark Warburg vibe at all. Like, Ooh. Sully's grizzled and he's... Yeah. yeah. I think Warburg is more like offensive humor. I'm not offensive, but like, he's like trying to rile up the other person. Sure. Sully's so just sure. more like generally funny old guy. Yeah. Kind of yeah. No, Sully definitely doesn't try and rile anyone up. No, definitely not. He's very. He's just like got cool, quippy one-liners while they're shooting people. It's not never like mm, yeah con- confrontational in any way. Do you reckon Tom Hanks could play Sully? Yeah. Yeah. That sounds cool. Something like that, Tom Hanks or something. Yeah. 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 Or like Sam Elliott or someone, you know? Oh yes, that actually be yeah. <laughs> That'd be good. We have a flurry of Super Bowl spots and trailers for you. So there was a trailer for M. Night Shyamalan's new movie called Old. And was that a Super Bowl this. spot? Or was that just a... Yes. Uh, no, it was a Super Bowl spot. Yeah. Uh, I thought it just dropped. Yeah. So how do you feel about it, Jane? I need you to tell me about it. What What is this movie? Do you have any idea from 30 seconds? It's a weird beach, pretty much. It's, oh, okay. Yeah, it, it's... It looks like there's going to be something where like characters age faster than they should when they go with a certain position and they got to figure something out. I don't know, like that's 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 from that's what that's what the trailer shows us. But like, um, 
yeah, the trailer didn't do much to 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 sell me. In all honesty, it, it seemed rather dull. But um, you know, he's a showman's pretty great at subverting expectations. So uh, that's for sure. Yeah, my favorite part of new M Night movies is that you just he's a total mixed bag. Like you don't know what you're gonna get at all. You know, like the the movie could conceivably be the best movie ever made or total garbage and anywhere in between. And I find that sort of exciting. You know, like you just got no idea. It's not like a it's not like a uh, like a Scorsese where like sure you can appreciate it on different levels, but you know you're getting a fairly you know quality picture here. You know, I mean, it's not like. I- when you've got a scale to work with of Last Airbender to, you know, Sixth Sense, it it, it, it quite it, it really yeah. does encapsulate all that, you know, so I mean, like... Yes. Yeah. But he hasn't really... I mean, he's kind of been on a downward slope of his career, I guess. I mean, he made really good stuff at the start, but... I, I quite liked Split and Glass, and um, I didn't mind the visit. Yeah. I mean, Split was a script that he wrote when he was actually good, but... Oh, um, <laughs> so we have to learn if the old script when it was written if it was written in the 90s this movie's going to be awesome i think like the was was visit was the visit and the glass script written more recently then or were they still old because like because like i I, I think they were like more really successful and i think i think yeah i think like they were still like rather not overwhelmingly like i think that was a positive bias yeah i mean glass was pretty good it was like I liked Glass, but, like, I can tell you for sure it was a modern script just by watching it. Like, the ending was sort of, you know, mm. I liked it. I mean, it was sort of weird. Yeah, compared to, like, The Sixth Sense or Unbreakable, like, that is like, oh, yeah, top dude. tier. Oh, Unbreakable's amazing. I love that movie. Raya and the Last Dragon had a TV spot. This movie's coming to the uh, the Mulan thing again, so you can pay a shitload of money on Disney Plus to watch it if you want. Um, we can watch it in Jane, can't we? Yes, we can. That's correct. My apologies. Yes, I actually completely forgot about that. Um, but there's something about the dragon in this movie, Jaden. I, 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 you sent me a photo. I saw it. Is the is this gaining a bit of controversy online? I don't think it's as uh, that, that 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 image is the only one I've seen where like people are slandering it. But like, it deserves okay. to be slandered because it 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 really is shit looking. Like, yeah, it's not great. No, it's not great. Like the My Little Pony comparison is definitely valid. I see that. Yeah, I like you know you got a team of you know million dollar animators or whatever you know working on this project and that's what they come up with. I mean, who am I to you know talk shit? You know, but still. <laughs> <laughs> did uh did either of you actually watch the spot though? Yeah. Oh yeah, what do you think? It's nothing new. You know, if you watched a two minute trailer that was released like a month like a few months ago, you it's the oh, same thing. Yeah. Sweet, sweet. Okay. Uh, any of you guys watched the Falcon and Winter Soldier trailer? No. Awesome. Okay. I did, but I've got literally nothing to say about it, so I'll just like I'm still excited. Well did, did, did it is, is is that the one where the Zemo is coming back as the main villain? Yeah. I quite like him as a villain. I know a lot of people didn't and that's found him underwhelming, but I appreciated him. Oh. I didn't like him at all. But I this is my thing, like I'm interested in this show one hundred percent and I'm gonna watch Civil War again before it because I've only seen Civil War once in the theatre. And I feel like that's going to be my real going into this show thing I need to do. So maybe I'll switch on him. I don't know. I remember one scene with him in it, but I guess he was in the in the movie a lot. If he's the villain, no, I mean like he like he was he he really wasn't. He was more of, he was, he was just a catalyst for you know the conflict of the, the of you know the Avengers to take place. So like he was present, but he wasn't like 
he wasn't a villain to the degree that Loki or Thanos was present, you know. Sure, sure. Well, maybe this will be his time for that then. The villain of Civil War was hate and not loving mm. each other. Not. And, f- and fear? Yeah. Fear? Uh, yeah. Hate and fear. Anger? Yeah. Suffering? Suffering. Yes. <laughs> Uh, Sonic 2 is coming out. It's coming out like literally in 12 months, 13 months or something, like stupidly quick. Uh, Jane, you watched the first one. Does this do anything for you? Um, not really. I mean, the, the end of the first, like there's a, there's a, there's a credit scene in the first one that, show, that that shows you that they were sitting up for this. It was no surprise that it's coming out. Maybe a bit surprised considering Bok of the performance, but you know, like, um, you know, it's not like a shock, like, oh my God, there's number two, but like, you know, um. I don't know, the first one was a bit of fun. It's like, you know, I mean, I like James Marsden. He's, he's, he's cool. Sonic's cool. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not going to watch it in theatres, but I'll watch it in like two years after it comes out on TV. So, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. I mean, that's what I've got to do for the first one. I'll do that. Yeah. Is Jim Carrey a bit of a laugh? Because that's the vibe I got from the trailer. Oh, uh, yeah. Jim Carrey, he, 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 he gave some of the best moments in the movies. In, in oh, the cool. Movie. Okay. Yeah. Sweet. Sweet. You haven't seen it, have you, Fitzy? No. I have not, unfortunately. Cool, cool, cool. Well, I'm excited that Tails is around now, though. I mean, I guess that's a spoiler, but, like, he's in the poster. See the red one? No, he's the yellow one. No, that's Knuckles. Uh, yeah, he's the yellow one. A yellow? Yeah. yeah. I didn't you even, know the I yellow didn't... dude with the tail? He's got, like, the spinny tail? No. Dude, I didn't know there was a yellow one, Nick. He's like He's like the Luigi to Sonic. So he's not a, a version of Sonic with, like, different fur, like, yellow fur? No. No, he's a different animal. Oh, okay. He's a fox, not a hedgehog. Yes, yeah, yeah. Mm. You need to get out with your Sonic lore. Mm. What was his name? Sonic Tails. Yeah. Did you never play one of the 300 Sonic games on the Wii? <laughs> <laughs> Alright, now it's time for our highlights of the week. I have been watching... Very little. So, Jaden, what have you been watching? Very little as well. Um, I watched uh, Let's Scare Jessica to Death, which is a 1971 horror movie. But, uh, I can't remember who directed it, but um, it was an interesting experience watching it because I was expecting it to be like a you know B grade exploitation type flick, you know, um, just based off the post and like other oh, posts I've seen that kind of in that genre. But then the moment it starts, you're it's it's pretty evident that it's not that it's trying desperately not to be that. But then like by the time it comes around to the end, it, it kind of does fall into that a bit. So it's an interesting journey when watching the film. And I think when it first starts and it shows you that it's not going to be, you know, one of those kind of schlocky type, you know, horror films, it's, it, I was quite into it. And, but it, it, it quickly turns rather dull and then it, it just becomes a bit of a slog to the end. And um, yeah, it was still a decent watch. And I think it's probably one I'd recommend to horror fans, but not one that I recommend to anyone else. Right, okay, okay. So not for me, I guess. No, definitely not. Actually, you know what? Knowing you, you might like it. Might. That's not very helpful, but what about you, Liam? Uh, Boys, Boys State is my highlight. It's um, this documentary about these boys um, who create this state. <laughs> right. It's the name Boys State. But no, it's this social experiment kind of thing where all these like a thousand boys from Texas have to make their own, make their own government and like uh like based on the Texas 
based on the Texas system or whatever, Texas government. So they have their own, like, they have the two parties and they have to, like, elect, you know, a governor for each party. And, yeah, the boy, they all, like, run for office and, like, or the second position and try and sell themselves based on, you know, their principles and political leanings and uh, all of that. And, yeah, basically it focuses on, like, three or four or four or five characters in the film who are pretty important. And it's really great because it kind of has a three-act structure because it's, like, it's, um you know, there's a winner at the end. And so, like, the first third is about, like, the second guy who can, who can you know, help the governors. And then the second part is about, like, the governors. And then the third part is about, like, actually... Who wins? Um, I wish the film did focus on the other side uh, a bit more, and the other character who becomes governor. They really like don't focus on him at all, and uh, that kind of sucks. But yeah, apart from that, it's really great. It just kind of it's a it's kind of a character. Well, they're not characters; they're people. I shouldn't say that, but um, you know, you just get to watch these kind of interesting teenagers people and uh it's you know it's commentary without being commentary because it's, it's real so you just get to see what's up pretty much so yeah Lots is it recent yeah it's a, it's a 2020 film oh cool yeah that I, sounds really interesting i got apple for a week and cancelled it so i just watched some shit there <laughs> Existence of Apple TV pisses me off. There's so many things that are going there now. It's just another subscription service. Get used to it, mate. There's going to be more. There's going to be more. <laughs> get get so excited about it. As always, now we hand the show over to you with our question of the show. Last week we asked you, do you prefer, I definitely didn't forget, do, we, do you prefer watching movies alone or with other people? was the question. Andy said, even though 95% of the movies that I've seen was watched by myself in my room, I'd much prefer to watch films with other people. It's just really admirable to be able to experience the similar emotions with other people in the dark room. And for me, the aspect of watching films is fascinating. Luke said, I prefer to watch... Oh, thank you, Andy. I, I That sounded like I was just totally giving him the cold shoulder. It's like, I was just going to move on quietly. I appreciate you, Andy. But Luke's got a similar answer, so we're going to dissect him afterwards. Luke said, I prefer to watch as a group. There aren't really any movies which would have my undivided attention when watching. If people make a dumb joke or comment, I don't really mind. It's also nice to get together and discuss a film for about an hour. If only there was a podcast which discussed movies every single week. If only there weren't about 2 million podcasts like that, Luke. But we appreciate the shout-out, of course, to our show. You know our comments. In our own comments, yes. We'd much prefer if, you know, you'd actually gone to another show and said, you know, a great podcast, The Cinema Effect. We appreciate the kind words, of course, as always. What are our answers to this particular question? I know I'm all for the group experience. I'm all for the social experience. Uh, I don't really mind, I guess. Um, I mean, I don't usually go to theatres alone, but that's probably just because I don't live close to theatres. But, uh... Yeah, I think I'm with Andy, like, I watch most stuff alone, and if there's a person around there, that that's nice, and, you know, they don't, they're clean, 
then maybe I'll give him a shot. So, yeah. <laughs> Um, Jaden, yeah. Uh, I, it depends on the people. I mean, like, um, like I, I love watching movies with my mates. You know, like, like, like it's like Andy said. I, I appreciate the dumb comments. Oh, was it speed? Like, I, I appreciate the dumb comments. You know, every now and then, and it, it, you know, watching a movie with your mates, you know, puts you in a good mood and you really engage. But then, watching with my family is like a horror show because, like, it's just not stop talking. You know, and it's always, you know, like, like my mom's particularly bad because she's, she's always like, um. She gets very anxious when watching movies, so she's always talking. She's always asking questions, she's, and like questions that I don't even know. Cause she's like, "Oh, what happens to him? What happens to that?" You know, and it's mm. like I, I don't know. I'm watching this for the first time too. You know, and it's so it's, it's <laughs> you know watching a movie it, like 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 with other people. Like you know, it it does depend, but um, you know, I, I like not like I do I do tend to prefer it. No, for sure, for sure. No, it's definitely subject to everything, like the film. The location, the environment, the people. Yeah, of course, absolutely. But yeah, as a general rule, I do, I do prefer it. There's something about when it all clicks. You know, it, it's this very weird thing. I, I guess we're sort of getting philosophical with our social ideologies, but of when you're in an environment and you just, sometimes you just, it's just clicking. Like the people around you are speaking just, just enough and saying just the right things. We're like, this is great, and then but like you can be pushed too far, you know, all those different things. It's just really hard to even, you can't even manufacture it. It just happens. Um, but yeah, no, I, I, when it, when it lands, when it clicks, which yeah, no, it's really fun. I really enjoy this. Like, yeah, making stupid comments. And cause I do like, you know, watching shit as sort of a social experience, especially like TV shows, you know, like, I know there's only when you're invested in a story that long and, you sort of the characters sort of become part of the household to you in a lot of different ways. It's sort of just fun to throw shit out there. It's pretty funny. But yeah, that was sort of an unintentionally slightly deeper question than I anticipated. I didn't want to reveal anyone's loneliness at all or level of loneliness. That wasn't my goal. wasn't our goal, but maybe we did that. I don't know. We love everyone out there. If anyone wants to, I'm just saying, uh, this has got nothing really to do with anything. If anyone feels lonely at any point, anyone listening to the show, feel free to reach out to me. I'll, I'll chat to you, you know, if you're feeling a bit down, anytime about anything. I'm not saying dox me, like Jaden <laughs> very nicely pointed out the other week when I might have doxed myself. But hey, if you want to chat about anything at any point, I'm always, you can reach out to me. If you have my phone number, give me a call. If you don't, then you're not worth my time. I'll drop in the um, comment section for people that need it. <laughs> yeah there you go do that that's fine too all right that's it for oh, yeah, we, we just want to make it clear that this offer only yeah. applies to zach only not, yeah, not yeah, reach okay. out to me do not reach out to Jaden. <laughs> we don't want to talk to you okay it's fucking it's zach only thank you that's very important yes i'm happy to talk to you if you want someone to talk to all right <laughs> thank you that's very important you're absolutely right that's it for this week's episode. Fitzy, what are we tuning into next week? So we did we did an Instagram poll, a little Instagram poll last week, I know, a couple of days ago, between Zach's choice, 12 Years a Slave, and uh, and Jaden's Rush, both 2013 films, coincidentally. And um, we had a winner of the poll, as you do. One movie got more votes than the other movie, so... So it won, and uh, that was Twelve Years a Slave. That one. So yeah. I want to make this a thing where I go on a streak of wins in the polls. Okay. 
you have to forfeit your vote eventually. So, um, no, true, no, absolutely. But when I, for every poll, I yeah. want, I'm, yeah. I'm oh, determined to no, win. no, 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 you know what we should do? Um, the winner gets to, you know, Stay. remain, yeah. the winner gets oh. to like king of the hill or whatever, like basketball. Oh, yeah. that's great. Yeah. So it's like our polls, apart from just adding audience interaction, actually becomes like a metagame in cinema effect lore, king of the hill Instagram polls. Yeah, yeah. So Jane's kicked out now, so it'll be between uh, you and me next time. I like that. I like that. Oh, we'll give it a go. I am c- concerned that at some point it might just become like a popularity contest so you can just choose the more popular movie. Well, that is a concern. That's a concern. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that's true. I also also just want to keep going until I lose and then, you know, we'll go from there. <laughs> Yo, did you say it was on what it was on, Fitzy? Mm, no. Why would, you, why would you assume I said that, Zach? It's on stand. There you go. There you go. All right, sweet. Thank you guys for joining me this week, as always. Thank you to the people for tuning in. We appreciate every single one of you, everyone involved. Give yourselves a pat on the back every now and again. I know I'm doing it right now, just so you can picture. It's a bit cringe. But anyway, have a great rest of your week, and goodbye.